everyone's always prepared to camp here on the Awesome Quest. Today we're going to be playing Be Prepared, which is a free one-page RPG by Grant Howitt. You can download it on his Itch.io page at gshowitt.itch.io. The concept is the year is 1994. You are a scout on a three-day holiday weekend camping trip, but the terror is there, waiting in the shadows of the trees. To roll a character, you're going to roll a random character archetype. You're going to have a companion who will be played by another player. You're going to roll how you will die. If you die, you probably will. Then you're going to roll three merit badges and your companion's merit badge. When you make a check, you roll a d6. If you have an applicable merit badge, you roll 2d6 or 3d6 if your companion has the same merit badge. And you take the highest result. Be Prepared has a somewhat Call of Cthulhu flavor to it. You're probably going to die. Each roll you make will likely generate stress and you can only take six stress before you die. It's also a more narrative improv style game than D&D or Cthulhu. Mechanics don't so much describe how you the character affect the world. They put you the player in the narrator's role describing the world. So you'll be playing each other's companions. You'll, you'll be playing out some of the NPCs. You only roll when attempting something dangerous or risky. And whether you succeed or fail, you get to describe what happens. So, for example, if you row your canoe out in the lake, if you go on a short hike down a well-maintained trail, you don't have to roll anything. It's just assumed you do it. If you decide to swim across the lake or climb over a barbed wire fence, you're probably going to have to make a roll. Because for basic actions, you can just say what you're going to do. And if we need to resolve conflicts, we might make you know, like a safe roll that doesn't generate stress. But if you look at the chart here, you have to roll a six to succeed without generating any stress at all. Now, you can regain stress by declaring that your companion is put in danger during a scene. The third time you do this, though, your companion will die. And you'll need to do that because stress generates plot points. Plot points can be used to trigger different scenes. So the story progresses, there's going to be a prologue, three different acts, and then an epilogue. You're going to start with one plot point each. When you take a point of stress, you also gain a plot point. And then plot points can be spent to trigger scenes from the current act that we're in. Each of these scenes presents you with a prompt and a question. That means you will write part of the story. So there's kind of this rhythm to the game. You do something risky to gain stress and plot points. You spend plot points to advance the story, and during those moments, you can rescue your companion to regain stress. And as we go, it's going to cost more plot points to trigger scenes. So you're going to end up putting yourself at, at greater and greater risk. All right, let's meet our campers. Whoever wants to start. I'm playing Al. Everyone 
knows he's actually named Alden, but everyone just calls him Al. He's pretty smart. Is that that your character? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's yeah as much or as little as you want. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm Kevin. Uh, Kevin is playing uh, Baxter. He's kind of a weird kid. He's a... Uh, I don't know. His parents are weirdo survivalists, so he's he's been uh, he's been brought up as a little strange. He believes in government conspiracies. He he thinks they're you know have to take away your guns. You know, it's uh, <laughs> but he knows a lot of useful skills if you're you know in the middle of nowhere. I'm playing the part of Clyde, who is the rebellious one. Um, today I will be playing the part of Vincent. He is a sensitive soul. Aside from that, you'll probably not learn much about him because he'll either be quiet or die or both (laughs) okay all right so it's well into october the friday before columbus day weekend the days are still sunny and warm but splashes of gold and red are beginning to dot the trees and the evenings bring the first hints of the christmas of fall your scout troop has rented camp ustanala one of the district's camps for the long weekend Fresh out of school for the day, your parents drop you off at the parking lot of the large brick Methodist church where the troop meets. Joe, the laid-back scoutmaster who looks a bit like John Denver, packs the gear into the back of the troop's van. Fred, the lanky assistant scoutmaster who leads all the fun call-and-response campfire songs, tries to keep everyone on task so they can leave with enough daylight to set up camp. You load into the van and hit the highway. And soon you've left your small town behind for the wilder parts of East Tennessee. As the sun begins to set, you take an exit off onto a rough back road. You pass several rundown houses and trailers, but they're few and far between. A few more turns and you're on a gravel road careening around a ridge overlooking one of the man-made lakes created when the TVA built hydroelectric. A few more turns and you're on a gravel road careening around a ridge overlooking one of the man-made lakes created when the Tennessee Valley Authority built hydroelectric dams back in the early 60s. You drive through the camp, past the ranger's cabin, the swimming pool, the archery and shooting range, the meeting pavilion, the bathhouse. You arrive at the main campsite, a large, flat field surrounded by a low wooden fence. In the center of the field sits a large fire pit ringed by wooden benches with a few picnic tables nearby. So just as as kind of a a narrative point, do you guys want the camp to have cabins, freestanding tents with cots, or do you want to set up your own tents? Uh, I want cabins. Okay. I I mean, I'll take what I get, but I'll... I want cabins. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Cabins. More opportunities to get barricaded into places and murder. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say like around the fire pit, there are a bunch of small cabins that fit like two to three people each. Or I guess, well, four people because you would have like bunk beds. As you step out of the van, the coolness of night makes you glad that you're wearing a jacket. Spreading out into the field, picking your cabins, you feel a certain hard to describe pang of emotion. This is far from the city, it's eerily quiet. Focusing on how faint the sounds of cars in the distance are, or the occasional hum of a boat on the lake makes you realize the sheer depth of the silence. When no one is speaking, you almost feel lost in it. The camp is clearly designed to be big enough to host district-wide camperees, but with your small-town band of scouts, it feels unnaturally empty. Deserted. Lonely dead. The edges of the field are surrounded by thick woods, which in the half-light of dusk feel even more dark and deep. You'd swear that they go on forever. 
Only in the east is a patch of horizon visible looking out onto the lake where the blue and purple clouds of sunset are reflected. The water level of the lake has already been lowered to its winter levels, exposing a steep rocky shoreline that gives it a strange otherworldly appearance. Further up the shore, several canoes and rowboats are flipped up on their sides next to a rack where paddles are held. And here you are. So you get a chance to set up and talk about what you guys are going to do during your first evening at camp. What do you think we should do? We always need firewood. I say we get firewood. Okay, that sounds great. You guys go get firewood. I'm going to go get some water from the lake so that, you know, we can put out the fire if there's a fire. If it gets out of control. Well, we are getting wood for a fire, so... Yeah, that tracks. All right. I, I know how to do wood stuff. <laughs> All right, Baxter, you're with me. Let's go. Get some Let's go get some wood. Woods. All right, so you guys and your companions, Clyde and, and his companion are going to go to the lake, I guess. And yep. what is Vincent doing? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing out here. I, I'm just out here because my parents sent me out here. I barely even want to be here. I grab you and take you with me. Okay, great. All right. So this is the prologue. You guys can describe kind of what you're typically doing at camp, but feel free anytime to spend a plot point and trigger a scene. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go with the guys uh, heading down to the lake first. Okay. So I kind of spotted the... I kind of spotted the lake as we were coming in. Uh, I liked the look of the rocks that were jutting out, and that's kind of how I want to how I want to go down to the lakeside to quote fetch water unquote. Kind of like uh, hopping down the shore, finding like a nice steep trail. Yeah. Okay. Hopping from rock to rock. Like I know I'm not supposed to get in it right now, but I don't care. This is fun. I'm just kind of standing back and watching. Uh, you know. Uh... Not much of a rule breaker, so I'm just gonna. Kinda... Hey, one of you guys brought something to actually put the water in, right? Sure didn't. You can assume that you you grabbed like a big five gallon bucket. It's not food safe, but it'll you know it'll hold water to to put the fire out. Okay, so let's see. Vincent didn't. Did his companion? Sure. Amanda's all about proper fire safety. Excellent. Uh, I ask Amanda to toss me the to toss me the the canister. So I can fill it up, because clearly I have ventured out further onto the rocks than anybody else. Yeah, here you go. I catch it. it. I catch it pretty handily and dip it down into the water to fill it back up. Now it's just a little matter of navigating through these rocks back over to the rest of the crew. And ta-da! Mission accomplished. All right, so you, you head on up, I guess, back back towards the fire pit you can see uh one of the adults kind of looking at you sternly having having noticed that you were kind of horse playing on the rocks but it was fine and he doesn't want to deal with it right now so let's switch over to al and baxter heading up to the uh forest line to to pick up some some firewood okay i'm i don't know hmm, as i say well probably don't have like any kind of axes probably a gather what we find lying around kind of scenario well you might have like like the the scout troop has a, a bunch of gear there that they've they've unloaded and <clears throat> one of the uh one of the leaders who sent you you off to do this would probably have told you to to take it and you you guys got your whittling chips you get you you can you can carry these things without uh, adult supervision 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. We're, I mean, we're essentially just getting firewood. So the trick is, is we go out, we, we find the the nice, you know, random, you know, you know, smaller dry sticks to that we can use as, you know, the the filler, and then larger, chunkier pieces of wood that we can actually build the actual framework of a campfire around. Maybe some, you know, needles here and there just to really start things off quickly, but not too many because then it'll, you know, it'll totally choke the fire. We want to do that. We make sure it has plenty of oxygen to, to keep burning nice and bright. Yeah, that's exactly what our characters who know all about survival would do. <laughs> and again, you, who... you, you're heading up to the, to the, the tree line and again, it's, it's getting dark. So it just feels like it goes on forever. Just, you know feels weird man and this seems like an excellent time to spend a spend a plot point for something weird to happen all right which uh which of the act one events are you um triggering so you can find a secret place you can find some exciting contraband you can find evidence of the terror's activities or an npc delivers a dire warning which that's a little more complicated i guess think we find some exciting contraband. Oh, boy. all right. So, what do you find? Let's see. It's it's the nineties, huh? It is the nineties. Hmm. Well, I triggered it, Kevin. What should it be? <laughs> uh, man, I just keep thinking of like alcohol. It's got to be alcohol. Yeah. Like somebody's like secret cache of alcohol. Why is it out in the woods? I don't know. Yeah, like you this... you go up. To the tree line and, and a little ways in um, you notice there's kind of this small worn path in in some of the the underbrush and you notice this is not like one of the paths to another area of the camp this is a little more grown up than that you follow it back just a little ways back not too deep it's it's getting dark and even with flashlights things feel weird you find a an old tree a large old tree with a big hole in the center of it and um you reach in and there's a big a big unlabeled jug you you pry off the the top and you sniff it and yeah that's clearly alcohol Ooh, yeah that's, that's uh that's some stuff oh that's gonna burn real good oh uh, i think we best just put it back where we found it uh i mean i guess we could or we could keep it for hey, ourselves we, it isn't supposed to be here you know it's it's hey, really <laughs> better off in our hands like i said i think we could use this to really get our that fire going hey baxter what <laughs> i think you should listen to al you know he's so smart about these kinds of things <laughs> well okay but i, I don't want us getting crazy with it <laughs> No, no. I mean, it's not like we're going to drink it or anything. Although, you know, it is alcohol. We should try to drink it just a little bit, just to see what it's like. Uh, we, well, we can't let, like, any of the adults... I won't tell anyone. <laughs> ...know about this at all. I won't tell anyone. No one can see. Go ahead and try it. I'll try it, drink too. it to make sure that the younger kids don't get into it. That's right. <laughs> and we head back with the alcohol. You know, yeah. nice and hidden. This and the large, firewood? large jug. And the firewood, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. I mean, that's that's entirely Al's plan is to use the alcohol to help light the firewood. 
<laughs> Drinking's for stupid people. He's smart. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you I guess you like slide the bottle under your jacket and let everyone else carry the firewood and you're you're just like grabbing your arms to try to hide this obvious you know, the obvious shape of the, the alcohol in your jacket and you're just Oh no no. Like it'll be easier. Like, no, I assume that we still had backpacks and stuff. Like, That's like, right. Like so yeah, it's like yeah, I'll yeah. I'll just reorganize like my stuff into other people's backpacks so I can put the jug in my backpack so it's it's not even not even a thing. All right. <laughs> Good thinking Al. He's smart. <laughs> but also an idiot. <laughs> hey Baxter. Don't you want to try it? <laughs> All right. I I'm resisting the <laughs> the terrible advice of my friend. Uh, <laughs> Abigail is literally the devil the, the the you know shoulder devil. Yes. So you guys you guys make it back to the fire pit. Um, where the adults are kind of getting all the gear out and arranging it, setting it up. And, you know, I guess you start, you start building a fire. Clyde and Vincent have, have returned from the lake and you've got your, your, your big uh, bucket of water there for safety. So the adults are watching, but you know, they're, they're worn out from having, having managed, to get you guys up here and, and unpacked and, and they just want to sit for a while around the fire. So you guys are pretty much free to do whatever you want. You can hang out at the fire with the adults. You can head back to your cabin. You could probably sneak off if you wanted. Uh, I vote we sneak off. Everybody <laughs> in favor of sneaking off, please raise your hand. I look around. It's an audio medium. Raised their so hand. I look around to see who has raised their hand and it doesn't really matter, though, as I continue to lead a group off into the <laughs> woods anyway. Uh, I make sure everybody takes their flashlight, even though I don't bother to get one out myself. Uh, you know, if at least 50% of us are, are are holding up flashlights, that's good enough. And, and I know uh, my good buddy Billy is going to be holding the flashlight because I told him to. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, some point, like, Clyde and Abigail are just the same character, aren't they? <laughs> no! No, they're totally different. No, Abigail whispers. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what... I guess I'm technically a companion, but... <laughs> yeah, you're you're technically my companion, Bo. I don't know. So, uh, I am playing... Bo thinks it's a good idea. He's a cool kid. <laughs> I mean, Al's going to go, and he also has a couple extra flashlights in his now re-re-re-rearranged backpack, because he always knows that Clyde's forgets his. Uh, and so I lead us off, just, you know, for I'm, I'm just looking for a little trail. I'm not, I know it's already late at night, so I'm not planning to lead us that <sighs> deep into the woods. But, you know, we're out here in nature. This is what we're here for, right? Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> so you're, are you actually, like... Talk me through how where you're going. Are you going to head back to like some of the other facilities in camp? Are you going to try to like head deeper into the woods? Are you going to make your way along the edge of the the lake? Uh, so this is this is the plan. First, uh, I'm staying on well marked trails 
for the time being. Uh, I'm going to head around the edge of the camp so that we can kind of get a scope out of the camp just a little bit better as we head around the edge of it. But then the moment we see a actual marked trail into the woods, I'm going to take that and I'm going to go, you know, just a little bit. Just enough so that everybody else gets just a little bit scared. Okay. Just a little bit. <clears throat> so yeah. the closest the closest trail is towards the bathhouse. Um, it's, it's just a short trail, but it starts taking you up to some of the other facilities. And, you know, as you, as you kind of make your way around the edge of camp, it's not long before you find a, a trail that looks like it just kind of leads off somewhere in a direction that doesn't feel like it goes, like it feels like it goes away from camp. Just like a, a deer trail type of thing. Well, that looks cool. Uh, I think we should go on it. All right. Well. How does everyone else feel? Eh, we're not too far out yet. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, you know. We need to be careful, though. It's dark. Right, I, I just look around. Uh, stick in the mud, kid. Uh, but <laughs> I look around to make sure, to see if there's anything to, like, mark where we've gone off, like a, a reflector or anything. Um, not really. Like, like uh, blaze on the trees, yeah. Not really. This is this is not one of the hiking trails in the area. This is just you you don't really know why this is here. Um but it it's clearly a trail. Like it's clearly worn. It's it's much like the one you guys found when you were looking for firewood. It's worn, but it's a little bit grown up. I'm going to take out some reflective duct tape out of my pack and wrap it around the tree that starts the trail. Okay. That sounds good. Good job. Okay. So once that's done, we head off onto this trail. All right. So you're leading, Clyde? Yep. All right. You make your way deeper into the woods. This would be a good time for someone to uh, spend a plot point, maybe. Uh, Especially the um, evidence of the terror's action or a secret place. Uh, I'm in charge, so I will spend the plot point. All right. And... I'm going with a secret, a secret place. All right. What do you find? Or... Uh, let's let's see. We come across a secret place. It is. It's basically a little. It's basically a little cave that just kind of crops up out of the rocks that just sort of jut out of nowhere, and it goes down a little bit. And it's clear that people have been inhabiting this place. There's like a mattress. There's a. a radio that's been turned off uh, all right there's some more empty bottles <clears throat> nobody's here but this is like clearly where somebody comes to hang out all right that that sounds good so you you make your way down into into this little cave it's it's at the side side of a large rise a ridge going around the area clyde are you the only one heading down there uh i'm for sure taking my companion with me and okay abigail whispers Abigail whispers, hey, that looks cool. Come on, let's go down and see what that is. Uh, caves can be pretty dangerous. I, I'm not sure where. Uh, it's just a cave. I know all about caves. I mean, I I know everything. But let's go. Well, I'm certainly not going to leave everybody else to go down there. How, how does Vincent feel about all this? He haven't said um, much. He's literally just going along with what everyone else is doing. Okay. He he just 
he just wants <laughs> to be a part of the a part of the group, especially if Amanda's anywhere around. So that's that's all we're doing. All right. So you all head down into this cave. It's it's really small once you get like all eight of you in here. But yeah. like uh, like Doug said, the there's a mattress, there's a radio, there's there's evidence that someone was down here at some point, which which makes perfect sense because it's it's this neat and little out of the way place. And couch. Yeah, okay. like an old beat up couch in addition to the mattress. Wonder wonder who someone's obviously hanging out down here. Uh, I'm going to investigate the area so if I, there's any like traces of whoever set this all up. Okay. How how are you going to do that? Like are you going to leave are you going to search just the cave or the outside? I'm going to focus on searching around in the cave specifically. Okay. Mostly because I have caving as one of my skills so I can roll 2d6 for this. <laughs> All right. I guess just to do like a a timeout point here. How much do you want me to interject stuff about the terror at this point, or are you guys wanting to shape a lot of that? I'm fine. I can. I'm fine with you interjecting whenever you want. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I can I can throw in some plot points. So is anyone else going with Al, or are you guys just gonna hang out at like the couch and the 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 part of the main cave that is clearly used? Uh, first, I must jump on everything, so let me finish jumping on everything, the mattress, the the couch, and if you guys are still around when I'm done jumping on things, then I'll go with you. It occurs to the rest of you that Clyde is making a lot of noise right now. <laughs> I don't know how you all feel about that. Like, like this is an old mattress, this is an old couch, the springs are, are not well, like, they're... They're squeaking. You can tell this is making a lot of noise, and it's echoing off the cave walls. Well, if someone was around here, they're going to figure out that we're here sooner rather than later. So I definitely better figure out who in the world comes around here in the first place. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of conflicted because I don't want anyone to get in trouble, but I also kind of don't like Clyde, so... <laughs> <laughs> You do realize that you're far enough away from the main campsite. And again, the main campsite is this really large field with a bunch of cabins in it. There's no way the adults are going to hear you where you are, which is a nice freeing thought. It also fills you with a little bit of trepidation because that means if something happens, you're on your own question mark. <laughs> Al, you, um, you head back deeper into the cave like the the entrance of the cave is this nice it's a small area but it's kind of an open area with flat flat ground where where the mattress and the the um, couch can be set the rest of the cave starts narrowing down there are rocks at kind of weird angles but you manage to kind of wedge yourself back there um and and head down what seems to be the largest tunnel Actually, give me a caving check, Basil. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, four. Four. All right. So uh, you mark one stress, which means you get another plot point, and you get to describe how you succeed. So basically, like I said, the, the rocks are at odd angles. In some cases, they're a little bit slick from where um, it's still damp from rain. How do you navigate that? So, you know, first, you know, got my trusty... A uh, big old mag light, you know, in hand, you know, definitely, you know, scoping out the, the slag tights and slag mites. And I, 
I do slip a little bit on a puddle uh, on sort of a da- more of a downhill portion of this cave, and so I I I do slip and I trip and I and I had to catch I catch myself. And I'm like, okay, that all right. I really need to be careful here. But then as as I'm reorienting myself, I swing the mag light around, and it catches a glint of something, and so. I go to see what that is. All right. So it, it it's a little bit, it's a few feet down. Again, the, there's not a lot of room here, but as you, as you make your way out of the crevice, it, it sort of flattens out a little bit and you can see oddly enough that the cave wall in front of you is pretty much vertical and pretty much flat, like strangely. So something glints against it. You move closer you put your hand up to it and you notice that it's, it's wooden. It's, you kind of peer cause it's really dark right now, but you kind of peer at it with your, your flashlight and you notice that it's a door uh. and it's almost like surrounded by, um, some cinder blocks as if this was a foundation. And right? I'm in the cave. You are in the cave. And I found a door and you found a door. Not there. <laughs> is there like a door handle? Is it like sealed off? No, there is a door handle. It looks like like something you'd see in an older house. Not 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 really old. Like you know, early um, early twentieth century type of thing. Fairly well preserved. All right. I as you, let's let's pause for a second. You guys hear him fall and hear him and you know, kind of get back up and, and things go silent. So, you know, something has happened, but nothing particularly concerning. And you can kind of, the rest of you, like, if you look back towards this crevice, you can kind of see the light, but he's, he's a ways back there. So having Uh, finished jumping on everything, I read my head back and notice that Al has gone quiet. And I shout down the crevice. Hey, Al, you okay? (laughs) Uh, Yes, and perplexed. What? What's going on? I, I head back. I found a door. Really? Yeah, like a door. Like like a door door? Like a door door. <laughs> like there's a house in here, or part of one, and there's a door. Let's go check uh, it out. Let's it's not. Like it's a door and not like a window or something? Yeah, no, just a wall and a door. Uh, like some kind of bootleg or place maybe or a uh, uh, somebody's like survival shelter <laughs> maybe but it's getting late i'm not saying we shouldn't investigate i am saying we should investigate tomorrow okay that sounds cool i don't know suddenly going in investigating late at night that's like inviting something bad to happen to us yeah i guess you're right okay why don't we why don't we go ahead and head back then uh It'll probably be time to cook something on that fire soon, right? Oh yeah, like it—it it, it definitely should be cookable. They might shoot the adults; might already be cooking stuff now. Who knows? Okay, let's yeah. Yeah, yeah. let's check this. We'll come back tomorrow, and and we'll we'll check out the door when it's like light outside or something. Yeah, slightly less creepy that way. All right, if if we're done here, I'm ready to head on back to camp. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, unless anyone else hey, wants Baxter. to do anything irresponsible. Hey, <laughs> yes, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, 
Baxter, don't call me Satan. You know my name's Abigail. But come on. I'm just Let's kidding. Let's go check it out. Just you and me. We don't have to like, tell the others. Like right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a, a bad idea. No, it isn't. We hey, can Baxter, go. you coming? Uh, what? Well, yeah, go on ahead, guys. One second. I'll be right behind you. <laughs> All right. So you guys, you and Abigail are going to head back down you the crevice? Yes. I guess we are. <laughs> All right, Kevin, give me a uh, caving. Well, you don't have caving, so um, I have no caving roll. Just roll a roll a d six. Um, actually, before you do that, what are the rest of you doing as they do this? Are you gonna actually head on back? Or are you gonna wait around? Oh no, Al's gonna wait around, and after like a moment, he's gonna sigh and be like, "God damn, Abigail." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Clyde was all prepared to just head on back, but if he gets too far ahead and, and the others aren't coming with him, like he's not—he's not gonna leave them behind. What's Vincent doing? He's probably gonna try and make his way back. Okay. Yeah. So that's enough of a—that—that's enough of a, a, a of a quorum that that Clyde will go on back to. Okay. So Thank Clyde you. and Vincent, you you head back pretty much uneventfully. You just you start walking out, leave them to their own devices. Are are any of your companions going? Well, I assumed our companions were coming with us, is why I said that's okay. for them. All right, so that's good. So um, Billy and Amanda also head back. All right, so Al. Yeah, he he goes. He starts. He starts. You know, heading back that way uh, at a at a decent clip. So I'm sure he's going to catch up to them pretty pretty uh, soon. But yeah, he's going to head back to to to, to Russell Baxter and and Abigail. Yeah. I, I okay. imagine it's like, like, I, despite my, yeah, go on ahead. It'll be just a second. like, you know, Abby, yeah, we can't, <laughs> we just can't be poking around in here. As I imagine she is slowly edging further into the crevice and I keep following her because I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right. Give me, give me a D6 roll as you uh, attempt to make your way back down this crevice. Uh, five. Five. Not perfect, but... <laughs> You mark one stress and you gain a plot point and kind of describe how you make your way through this, um, this crevice. Uh, Awkwardly (laughs) shuffling, got my light, probably Abigail have a light. (laughs) Yeah. You, you both have a light. So, uh, I look at the wrong end of a flashlight. I slip around a little bit. Oh yeah. Abigail's probably like, Smoking a joint. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I noticed none of you decided to open up that alcohol. So, oh no, that's actually back in Al's bunk, hidden away. Ah. Like that is strictly for fires, not for drinking. Al truly is the smart kid. That is uh, that's apparently why we're now exploring a dangerous cave because there's nothing to get drunk on. (laughs) All right, so. You, Baxter and Abigail, make their way down this crevice. It's awkward, but you you realize that this was complicated to to get back when you when you saw Al do it. So you you slowly inch your way through, kind of around these rocks at weird angles, you know, watching for slick places. 
you get a little scuffed up, but eventually you arrive at this door. And again, it's it's kind of like what Al said. There's you you've got the rocks of the cave kind of butting up against some cinder blocks, and there's an old wooden door, exterior door, huh. set uh, in it. They like have a handle or knob or. Yep, it's it's just like you know uh, an exterior door in an old house. It just has a handle. It's it's just there waiting to be opened. Hey Baxter. Hmm. <laughs> Open it. Ugh. Ugh. I don't have any idea what's back here. Ugh. God damn it, you too. Ugh. Abigail, you may not be Satan, but hell if you ain't close. <laughs> Baxter, let's get back. We're going to investigate this, but not right now. You're just asking from some dark lord of hell or some creepy ass dude. To abduct us or something. Let's let's get back. Oh, I'm never gonna use my plot point to find some evidence of the terror. I I, I say out of character. You can still just open the door anyway. Yeah, I, that's yeah. True. And Abigail's it's two against one, depending on where Bo is. I mean, Bo's yeah, right Abigail behind. Abigail thinks him, but... you should do it. Okay. And oh, yeah. Abigail thinks keep you forgetting should do I it. exist to be a. Yeah, I forgot about that too. That I you keep were... forgetting I'm a technically. Yeah, that is Bo actually around or did he go back? I missed that. Oh no, Bo is Bo is always hanging out with yeah. with Al. Like, you know, if, if you know, if I don't open this thing, Abby's just not gonna let it drop. You know how she is. <laughs> look, we just let's just pop it open, take a quick look, and we can go right back. She'll be we're we're done. You know, and I yeah, that I, sounds great. That sounds great. I try to open the door. <laughs> So you put your hand on the knob and it it's down in a cave. So you expect it to feel a little bit different, but it feels unnaturally cold as you put your hand on it. Uh, you turn it, you turn it kind of expecting to have to give it a little play to get it to work considering how old this looks. And you do have to have to work like it's a little bit stuck, but it comes open Ooh, and... Yeah. Oh yeah, and I am wanting to spend a plot point to discover some evidence of the terror's action. All right, so what do you, what do you find? I have no idea, <laughs> <laughs> but it should be horrible. <laughs> um, so okay, so you you walk through the door, and again, as you step step across the threshold, it feels cold. Colder than it did on the other side of the doorway. Even even though it's fall, it's in the cave. Ooh. Something feels weird, and you notice. Nice freezer. <laughs> out of the corner of your eye, like as you step across the doorway, there there seems to be like a weird powder across the threshold, lined up on both sides, and you see some some strange markings on the door frame as you. Uh. Lift up <laughs> your your flashlight. It it still looks kind of cavernous on the other side, but you can very very clearly see rafters, and there looks to be a stairway in the far corner of the room. It's it's very much rectangular, and you can see some some debris and things um, lined up along the walls. It looks very old, rusty. Um, kind of dilapidated. Oh, oh, this is 
This is uh, this yeah, is like yeah, this... some kind of satanic murder house. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is Abigail fits right in. <laughs> Abigail runs her finger through some of the dust. Oh, you don't it's know where that's coarse... been. <laughs> it's coarse. Um, and it's it's like a very light color. She holds her finger up to up to Baxter and says, "Hey, Baxter, taste it. See what it tastes like." I'm not tasting the random dust in the satanic murder cabin. Why not? We don't know what that is. Are you? It's dust. More importantly, what the hell are these markings on this? I hope it's just dust. Well, that's why you need to taste it. You can't really tell what the markings are. They don't look like anything you obviously recognize. All right. We open the door. Looks creepy as hell inside. Abigail got some tasty dust. Let's did, go. Did anyone taste it? No. Well, no. I certainly huh? didn't. <laughs> Fine. When nobody agrees to taste the dust, Abigail will rub it off on Baxter's shirt. Okay. <laughs> oh, hope that's not like people dust or something. <laughs> it's it it's not like it looks. It's it's hard. It's coarse. You just can't really tell what it is because it, it looks like it's been sitting here for a while. But again, there's there's a very clear line of it on both sides of the threshold. It could be <clears throat> petrified bat poo for all we know. Hey, why don't we scatter it with our feet? How, <laughs> how about we go back to the campsite and we'll do a more thorough investigation tomorrow. Yeah, this is, I am real uncomfortable. This is, uh, I, I think we're past the point where you can cajole me into this murder dungeon any further. <laughs> Fine, get, okay. We'll explore the murder dungeon tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to close the door, put my finger out, and wait for them to leave before I leave. All right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Don't you ever just want to like hit Al upside the head sometimes? I mean, he thinks he's so smart. <laughs> I, no, no, that's just no. It's okay. No. If you did get to that point, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> You're the worst. Out of character. <laughs> You're one to cut. Al's middle finger off and eat it? <laughs> Abigail was the real monster all along. So You brought her with you. So you all finally, finally, finally get out of the cave. You're able to follow this, this little trail back to, to the main camp area. Um, and then from there, you know, off, off to your particular campsite as, as you, you know, as, as the first group and the second group arrive within minutes of each other, really, the leaders have already started preparing dinner. Um, you know, the, the first night it's really simple. They've, you know, you'd all wrapped up some, some meat and vegetables in, in aluminum foil, thrown them in the fire and, and, you know, had yourselves a hobo dinner. So they're getting, they're getting ready by the time, time you get there and you're able to just pick yours up and open it up and start eating. Yay. 
as Clyde considers this is a success since he had to do minimal to no work. <laughs> Just <clears throat> glad we're not like late for dinner. So, so as you're, um, as everyone's kind of sitting there, one of the one of the adults goes. So, so where'd you guys get off to? Oh, we just went hiking a little, you know, around, around the camp. We didn't go far into the woods away from the campsite. <laughs> he's he's clearly like tired, and he he kind of looks at looks at everyone, sees that you know most of you have uh, flashlights and things like that, and he's satisfied. That's that's enough. You you're you're teenagers. You can take care of yourselves. We stuck oh, to the mark trails. <laughs> I made sure we didn't do anything too stupid. <laughs> That's too. good, Al. That's good. You keep them in line. <laughs> yeah. Something goes wrong. I don't. I don't want to have to talk to your guys' parents about what happened. Yep. 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 Everything's fine. As he sternly all... looks towards Abigail, she okay. smiles at you. It's all cool, Daddy O. Says Bo, who's apparently just the bonds in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Do you guys do anything else that night, or are you just heading back to your cabins? <clears throat> I'm going to stay out by the campfire as late as I possibly can. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you do so, the the adults, finally just tired from everything, go uh, go back to their cabin, and, and you just sit there, and it's... Yeah. Man, it's, it's nice. quiet. I was going to probably like read a book by the campfire for a little bit. Uh, you All said right. I'm a teenager, right? Yes. Okay. Then that means that there's a good chance that I can play a musical instrument of some kind. Okay. <laughs> so I will be be plucking away at uh, like a ukulele. All right. <laughs> you know, like something that's small, not like the size of a guitar that like I had to carry around, but you know, a little ukulele that's... Yeah. But I, yeah, I can make it. Yeah. I can make some melody to kind of fill this oppressive silence. So you do that. You, know? you you're you're careful to kind of keep it quiet so that the adults don't like you don't you don't want to make them angry and 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 get them frustrated. They just want to sleep. But you pick pick away and um, I, I pick away a pretty little tune. And assuming no one wants to do anything else, the night pretty much passes uneventfully the fire dwindles down to coals you you take the water that you gathered and put it out in burst of steam and head back to your cabins go to bed pondering how i keep letting abigail talk me and doing insanely dangerous things <laughs> there's no logical reason for you to be here <laughs> <laughs> they let us sleep in the same tent you want to fool around <laughs> Uh, that is possibly why I let Abigail talk me into doing stupid things. <laughs> I want these two to get together, but I also fear what will happen when they do. I, I'm also pretty sure that in the past, you know, Al and Abigail actually did date, but the breakup was real bad. <laughs> and and yet Abigail continues to hang around. <laughs> Those are those are dynamics I do not want to think about because <laughs> this this could get really deep. Um, so yeah, how however you've split out your cabins, I don't know if um, I, I guess you guys are with your companions, but I don't know if 
Like you've got four people to a cabin. If you've just split out two people to a cabin. Uh, uh boy. Well, this is really supposed to be that big of a place that much bigger groups. There probably, we could have our own cabins. It, it but probably I don't is like a, I would say probably four people to a cabin would make the most sense. Yeah. That's okay. what would make but the most sense, but there's so many that we could spread out if we wanted to. But I bet the adults try to cram us like into like a boy cabin and girl cabin. <laughs> Abigail is definitely trying to spread out right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clyde and Bill took a cabin and Vincent and Vincent and uh Oh, what was Vincent's Amanda companion? Yeah, if Vincent and Amanda want to join with us, that's cool. All, right. All I know is that you know, Al is in whatever cabin he's in. He's made sure the hooch is, you know, is contained and you know, and and safe. And he's just going to continue reading. Uh, let's see what's a good appropriate. Ah, uh, yes, the Dolphins of Pern from Anne McCaffrey. Oh God! <laughs> it's a the brand new book from you know published in September of 1994. Yes, that's, that's what book. he is reading. <laughs> there's so many pern books is that a real book <laughs> yes absolutely <Okay>. is <laughs> you could just say anything of pern and it sounds believable and apparently the dolphins of pern was the 13th book published in the dragon riders of pern series so like that one of those cool dragon books <sighs> yeah <laughs> you owl you you stay up pretty late reading your book you you set your sleeping bag on the cot and you, you crawl inside and you, you hold your flashlight up so you can, um, you can read without bothering anyone else. Clearly above on the bunk above you, Bo has, uh, started to drift off to sleep. You hear him kind of quiet down and start snoring and you just keep reading. And after a while, you know, it, I'm assuming Baxter and Abigail have gone to sleep at this point. You're you're really the last one up. You you hear him kind of jerk around fitfully, like just for a little bit, and then kind of settle back back to sleep. Later, you go to sleep as well. And what uh, the four of you don't necessarily know this that all of you had this same dream, but Al, Bo, Baxter, and Abigail have this dream about a shadowy figure. It looks Looks like a, a middle-aged lady, but its its form is shifting. But the thing you remember are the red eyes. Um, you in this dream, you you step forward towards the figure. It's facing away from you, and as you get a few feet away, it turns around and it stares you down, and you you feel it, and that's ah. when you wake up. Mm-hmm.